In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Speech. First of all, I want to thank my connect, the most important person with all due respect. Thanks to the duffel bag, the brown paper bag, the Nike shoe box for holding all this cash. Okay. Boys in blue who agree before the badge. Okay. The first push who ever made the stash. Okay. The rock boys in the building tonight. Hey. Oh, what a feeling I'm feeling like. Hey. Thanks to the lames, niggas with bad aim. Thanks to a little change, I told you out the game. Bullet wounds will stop your buffoonery. Thanks to the pastor rapping at your eulogy. The little Kim and them, you know the women friend who carry the word cross state for a gentleman. Yeah, thanks to all the hustlers, and most importantly, you, the customer. The rock boys in the building tonight. I really want you to realize I really want to put you 
folks. We did it. Welcome to Friday. Friday. This is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. We did it, man. Five episodes this week, five days in a row. Uh, you guys have had a busy week as well, I'm sure. I hope everybody had a, a great week. I'm so um I, I'm so happy with this week in terms of guests. We really we started off with Sophie. Um, we yesterday Bravo Holic Data was amazing. She did so cool with all of her. I hope you guys checked out her Instagram account. She was amazing. Uh, IG Famous by Dana was amazing. I hope you check out her podcast Serial Fillers and of course. Amanda Batula and Kyle Cook, the couple of the hour that we're all worried for, they came and joined us. This this is beyond my wildest dreams, and and I am busting my ass, and it is all worth it. Uh, today was insane, you guys, if I can share with you for a second. I, uh, I got a guest on two podcasts. Now, with guesting on podcasts, it's really cool because I don't have to edit, but um, also it's just like... I don't know. It's always fun to talk to new people. It's always, but I got to talk to people that I've talked to many times before. Uh, I got to talk with uh, our good friends over at uh, the the Pink Shade, Mary uh, Mary Payne Gilbert, who I love. Um, she is awesome, and we had a blast. I think that podcast is already out. And then, um, you know, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I, I would not, I mean, fortunately I got to be on reality gays who they're two amazing dudes. Unfortunately, Matt's father passed away. And so I am a fill in, uh, with poodle and it, um, so, but I think we still had a blast. We ended up talking for like three hours. So I think they're, they're breaking that into a couple of episodes and that should come out, uh, tonight, I think maybe like, cause it'll be two. Um, but it was really exciting and I, I still get nervous. Like I got nervous for the reality gaze ones, especially those guys are so special and so cool and have such a cool audience like this audience. I think there's a lot of crossover in our audiences actually. Uh, but I hope I did good. It's one of those things where it reminds me a lot of acting where you're like, oh man, I hope I did that audition well. Like you're not auditioning for anything, but you're just kind of like hoping because, you know, they, those guys just have so much magic together that you're hoping you just didn't screw it up completely. Um, but I, I had fun. It was just that my voice was thrashed. So that ended at like, I started at two, two, no three. And then that ended around six and like six thirty or something. And then I was going to go ahead and do this right afterwards but I could, my voice was thrashed. Like I could, like I just talked too much. So now it's like 1030 and I'm doing uh, to today's episode with you guys. Um, and I, you know, there's that one thing, man, I've got that little gremlin in my head. I don't know if you guys get this too, of just, I know we all get it of just that. Um, no, dude, just don't put out a show. Just relax. Just stay on the couch watching Vanderpump rules. Dude, my roommate has never watched Vanderpump rules and she's making her way through all of the seasons. And she finally got to the season. Season that started off with Jack's cheating on Britney with Faith, and I I got sucked in. I was like, "Damn, this is good!" Like you, and almost that episode, that like couple of episodes are so good it potentially ruined the rest of the series. When you have something that explosive and that good and that real, oh, I I was just I couldn't I couldn't believe. 
I couldn't believe it. You guys got to rewatch it. It is so amazing what a journey those guys have been on. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the two reunions next week. Um, I'm curious what you guys are thinking. I mean, everybody's kind of given up on Vanderpump a little bit. I know I talked with Mary Payne because I did her episode and then I did a Patreon episode with her for her Patreon, which, by the way, hi, baddies. Hi, Patreon. Hi, Patreon uh, subscribers. I was telling uh, uh, Reality Gaze, I was saying, like, how much the Patreon really because in reality, he said this was a horrible way to sell it, but I give out so much free material. There's really no reason um, to join the Patreon, except that it's like, I don't know. It's not like hardcore. It's just like people that like super support me. And like the Patreon kept me going when uh, I got let go from my job. So it kept me going when I just was not bringing in any money at all. And you know, it's a small but mighty Patreon, but it really did help because, uh, you know, I didn't know how the pay structure were. I still kind of don't know what the pay structure uh, is at iHeart sometimes. It's so it's so loopy and weird. But um, but thank you. I, the whole point was being thank you to the Patreon subscribers. Are you guys good out there? Did you have a good week? I, I'm just I want us to go into this weekend so happy and so strong. And I hope everybody gets to do something that they want to do this weekend. I hope even if you want to be lazy, I hope you get to have the laziest weekend ever. If you want to go hiking or do something active, go do that. Uh, you know, make big moves this weekend. If there's a guy or girl that you've been nervous to ask out, ask them out. Dude, we're almost to the end of February and almost to the end of January. We got to start. We got to start showing stuff for it. You know, man, I, I don't know if you guys feel this way. I've worked so hard this this past couple of weeks, and I don't know if I've gotten anything accomplished. So I'm going to live vicariously through you guys this weekend. So you better you owe it to good old Ryan to go have the time of your life. And please, if you do, leave a voicemail. Let let me know what you did or, or, or reach out to me. I would love to know what craziness you guys got into this weekend. But just word of the wise, don't do mushrooms at a Tom Sandoval concert, please. I love that that's how I got into the week and I'm almost out of the week and I'm like, oh, that was crazy. Also, I think I'm doing some Twitter spaces uh, on Friday. I got asked by um, our good friend Winter Mitchell, who is just amazing. And you cannot tell Winter no because she's just so funny and awesome and hooked up and connected with everybody. So I think that one we're going to be talking about Euphoria. And then iHeartRadio asked me to do one about Yellow Jackets. So I think that's going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I tweeted it out at some point today. So if you want to join in and listen to me talk about Yellow Jackets and then you're able to join in and talk yourself, uh, just go to at Ryan Bailey 25 and it'll tell you how to uh, enter those spaces tomorrow if you if you if you absolutely need more. But I got to tell you, I love Yellow Jackets and I got like genuinely I'm excited to talk about it again. Like I can't believe I have to wait a year to watch new episodes of Yellow Jackets. But that's what's so cool about pop culture, you guys, is that it's so it's it's so cool to like things, right? Like, and I think we all try to be cool. Like, I, I think about this on a daily basis still is how much I wanted to be cool, you know? And that, you know, I've given up on that. Like, there's those people that are kind of like too cool for school that we see every day, right? You know, they're wearing the hip clothing, listening to the hip music, talking down to people, making the silly jokes that like, you know, the artsy jokes, and I think I really wanted to be that for a long time. And I just don't think it is humanly possible because I genuinely care about 
my other people. Like I, I genuinely care and I also want to be liked. And those two things sometimes are very anti-cool if you've noticed. But um, but it's cool because I met you guys and and uh, everything's fine. Like you don't need to be cool. I hate that I'm learning this so late in life. You just have to be yourself. Like that's that's it. And just really like the things you like. Like if you're excited about Yellow Jackets, be excited about Yellow Jackets. If you're, I mean, by the way, did you guys listen to hear that Adele had to cancel her? She was supposed to start in Vegas this weekend on her concert tour at uh, Caesars, and she had to pull out. Today, she left a tearful message online because uh, she said a lot of her crew got COVID, and there was just so many pieces that weren't ready, and she was very upset and sad. I mean, it does it does suck that she did it so last minute, less than 48 hours, I mean, less than 36 hours before she was supposed to no, I guess 24 hours before she was supposed to go on because a lot of people did quarantine and travel across country to see her, but it has been such a weird time. So I'm sure she'll make it up to them. But um, what I'm basically saying is that if you're the biggest Adele fan ever, be the biggest Adele fan ever. You know, don't let any, anybody tell you something stupid. Like, I'll tell you that Jax is stupid and I, I expect you to agree with me. That's an easy one. But other than that, I just like what you want to like. You know, my ex really liked Goo Goo Dolls. I hated Goo Goo Dolls. I, and I really did. I, I, don't, I don't like the band Goo Goo Dolls. But like, good. Love the Goo Goo Dolls. Love them. Like, if it makes your heart feel good, love that. You know? I mean, and who, who are any of us to judge? But like I said, I'm a little different. I have a license to judge because I'm in podcasting. Um, but, but other than that, it's like, I, I think it's just like, if you can actually find a little slice of happiness by watching something, listening to something, uh, talking to a friend, like just follow that, follow that. That's a good clue on the right way to go in life, you know? Okay. So, uh, but I do want us all to judge uh, Jamie Lynn Spears very harshly. Now, I cracked the code. Uh, a lot of people are looking at this in a lot of different ways, but I think I figured it out. Here's the deal with Jamie Lynn Spears. I hope everybody's listening, especially if you already have a daughter or a son. Okay. This is what we learned from this. Don't ever have a little sister. Like, that's it. So parents out there thinking about having a second child, if you have one daughter, you're thinking about having another daughter, can't do it. You can do a, you can do a little boy, but if you're going to do a little daughter, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. Jamie Lynn Spears have ruined little sisters and little daughters for everybody because I still, I'm going to read you some notes from the Call Her Daddy Part 2. We did Part 1 yesterday of the notes and, and our good friend Marissa uh, listen to it so I didn't have to have my ears bleed. And I'm going to read those notes to you about the information that came out. And it looks like they had to re-record a piece of it. I think that potentially something was involved in the cease and desist from Britney. But it also doesn't look like Jamie Lynn is really paying attention to the cease and des desist because she is still blabbing her ass off. Like, I don't understand why you keep telling us you don't want to talk about your sister and then all you do is talk about your sister. You'll never be able to explain that to me and I'm sorry when I grew up in her shadow when she still like had so much more privilege than like I would say 93% of us and that doesn't discount her pain but her pain shouldn't be sold in a book and then doing a press tour like in fact even the caller daddy part two is called the conservatorship Jamie Lynn Spears wasn't in a conservatorship her sister was Jamie what happened in your life and by the way if nothing happened in Jamie Lynn's life Jamie Lynn better get to fucking working on that. That's the problem she needs to fix. 
not trying to get us to understand her relationship with her sister. Do I sincerely care about Jamie Lynn Spears' relationship with her sister? I gotta ask myself, and I gotta say no. No, I don't. Now, if you guys do, I'm assuming you're related to them as well. <laughs> Other than that, why would we care? I, I feel like, and she's number one on some Christian bestseller chart. Listen, that's great if you're Christian. I was raised Christian. Like, I mean, that's great. But like, don't, isn't something in the Bible saying like, don't gloat and don't like all this crap. Like, I don't know. It's just so gross. And, and I, and I feel like, ah, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm just saying that it looks her little white suit and hair thing. It doesn't, it doesn't look right. Like, I feel like she needs to be better styled, you know? Oh God. I just, I can really get into it. I just really, that immediately woke me up. It's like 1040 and I'm like, let's go. We got to go save Brittany right now. And then she released all these text messages, supposedly to her sister, you guys, and saying that Sam had like been in close contact with Brittany's mom and like working against her and all of this shit. It just keeps unraveling. Like Jamie, what is your goal? Like, I mean, honestly, that's the confusing thing is that you you always want to look at the, you know, what people have to lose, what people have to gain and what people's motives are. What the fuck is Jamie's motive? Like, does she think we're going to be like, OK, well, I guess you have the power of Britney Spears now. Like, we can't give you Britney's life, Jamie. You're not. This isn't a contest to be the next Jamie, the next Britney Spears. I just don't understand it. And maybe it's more nuanced and I'm a dude and I don't understand it. But I think I, I can kind of understand a lot of this stuff, you know, um, it just doesn't make. Ah, I just I need you know what, Jared, if you're listening, Jared, we need to get Jared on the podcast. He is so much. He's such a huge part of this Free Britney movement. And I do think I need to get a, at least a check in just so I can get somebody to answer all of these damn questions because there's just so many of them, you know? Oh, also, uh, this is just a little side. Cause we talked about Randall Emmett and pickleball the other night, Randall Emmett, uh, today posted a picture with him and the rap group Migos. And he says dinner and new project being announced soon. So he went out to dinner with Migos and I'm like, who are we trying to impress at this? Like, this is another thing that's like, dude, it's shot, man. It's shot. The only thing, and this is why we need to watch Randall, the only person, the only people these would impress right now, I, I this is, scares me to say, are like 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds in like, you know, smaller areas outside of Los Angeles. That's who this is impresses. So like, we got to like... You know, Randall doesn't have the ability to become the next Tristan Thompson, but we also like, dude, just do your work, do your pickleball documentary. Like, this is creepy. You're not going to impress Lala at this point and just go, go away for a while. Like it's this, I, there's this desperation. You can sense it with people, especially after a breakup where they want us to see how good they're doing. You guys, Randall is doing amazing. Pump teen a, um, Okay, uh, I'm trying to find part two of the. Okay, so part two, Jamie Lynn notes here. This is from the Call Her Daddy podcast. Uh, Jamie Lynn says she gets comments that she didn't try to help Brittany. Uh, she says she has examples of how she did help Brittany, which is a lie. I think Marissa's self editorializing, um, which is a lie. I love if, like, I once helped her with groceries. Um, Jamie Lynn didn't know what a conservatorship was. She found out when she was a teenager and when she was pregnant. 
Also, I love that sometimes now we act like there weren't computers around. Like, I'm Jake Lit Spears. I didn't know how to work Google. Google. I didn't know how to spell conservatorship. What do I know? Ah, uh, I don't know. Um, she only knew the conservatorship was oppressive when Britney spoke out. So before then, she thought the conservatorship was a okay. Um, said she never knew anything different as an adult. Uh, Marissa goes, give me a break. And it was 13 years. Uh, she play and 13 years plays victim here again. So I guess she's playing the victim according to Marissa in the interview. She says, Brittany told her she didn't like things happening, uh, and gave her numbers of judges, uh, talked to her lawyer, which blew up in her face. I'm assuming she means Sam Ingham. Okay. So I think she means Jamie Lynn, talked to Sam Ingham for Brittany and it blew up in her face. Uh, this isn't about Matthew Rosengart, her new lawyer, but Sam Ingham, the old lawyer. Brittany spoke with Jamie Lynn, told her how she felt in Hawaii. And uh, we do see there's like a Daily Mail article people kept passing around today of this Hawaii trip when Jamie Lynn was younger. Uh, Jamie Lynn spoke to her lawyer, told him a lot of things. It went nowhere and people got mad at her. Her and her husband looked into legal stuff told Brittany to go live somewhere else for six months. Everything else will be absolved. Lawyer went and told the dad and everyone involved, Jamie Lynn said. People have a problem because she was involved with the conservatorship. Claims she never was. And then Marissa says, more lies. Claims Brittany asked her to oversee a trust, which I also think is a lie. Says it was documented she didn't do anything in the conservatorship by Brittany's team. Shows a court paper proving it. But there's also another court paper proving she was involved said she didn't want to get involved says she always talked to her and Brittany had her phone another lie okay so it says she says she always talked to her okay so i think she means that she always talked to Brittany and Brittany had her phone number but marissa says that's another lie says that she helped Brittany. she knows that um she knows uh she knows she would help Brittany. Doesn't know why she wouldn't say that. Uh, says she has to speak for herself or she would be bullied. Jamie Lynn, you really think that you're going to get less bullying because you spoke out? I feel like this would get you more bullying. Says Brittany texted her. She was sorry about any posts about her. Um, says Brittany texted her. She's sorry. Knows it's not her fault and always needed her more than she needed Brittany. Always needed her more than she... Oh, my God. So, Brittany always needed little Jamie Lynn more than Jamie Lynn needed Brittany. Okay, cool. Uh, goes on about sharing her experiences with her family. Um, now talking about her and Brittany going back and forth. Sent messages, but Brittany blocked her on her phone for a while. Says Brittany expressed she wasn't happy. And Jamie says, you have to express that to people around you. Um thinks she needed a new lawyer she was blocked so she sent stuff to sam britney's boyfriend said lynn's lawyers were involved with britney even so though they weren't talking uh she's saying lynn's lawyers were only fighting more for agendas said britney's lawyers left a lot unsaid made so many mistakes which was why she was denied again i love that jamie lynn is now like a, a delicate legal mind she's like i saw what britney's lawyers were doing and they really screwed up some small motions and i could have seen that from a mile away like be a lawyer then jamie lynn my god um and her lawyer britney's lawyer sam loved the attention that i do agree with that said jamie lynn had to be watched because she was trying to in um 
she's trying to end the conservatorship. I think she means Brittany had to be watched because she was trying to end the... Oh, maybe... No, maybe Jamie Lynn saying she she was ending the conservatorship. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm just reading notes. I didn't listen to it myself, and I will listen to it next time. And Jamie Spears wanted to step down. Uh, she spoke to Jamie, and he was willing to drop everything, said she had nothing to gain, and she had to say something to help. She stopped talking to her mom for a while because of it. She wanted her to stop inserting herself in the conservatorship, thought it would show she was committed to Britney. Britney would block her on and off, says people need to stop egging stuff on and calling her an abuser and a human trafficker. People are in pain. Britney should be encouraging healing. Britney shouldn't be encouraging anything. Britney needs to take care of Britney. Like... Jamie Lynn, you need to encourage healing. That's ridiculous. Um, says everyone is inserting themselves. Says she's done, allowed to speak up, and she's done. She's allowed to speak up and not stay silent. I just think it's like, it's, it's like great. But like sometimes there's a passive point of that, that the audience wants to hear you. You know, like we don't want, I personally, I still have not run into anybody that said, you know what? I really like Jamie Lynn. I want to hear her speak more. Like, you know, and also, if all else fails, Jamie, but I, okay, here's a prediction. So bad it's good prediction. Jamie Lynn Spears will have a podcast before the end of 2022. You know? Um, I've asked myself, we talked about this many times, is would I want to interview somebody like Jamie Lynn? I just don't think I would. I wouldn't, I don't think I have an angle that would be savvy enough to handle that correctly. Um, you know, I would love to interview maybe a legal team person or I've had lawyers on here to talk about Brittany before, but no, I mean, that would be so dark. And the thing is you always want to treat your guests with respect. And I think I would find it hard a little bit to treat her with respect, if that makes sense. Um, but of course this thing seems like it's going to be ongoing and ongoing. It, it, Brittany is supposed to get her money or access to her funds in five days. We still have a lot of rulings to go. And it looks like today there was an article saying that Jamie Spears, her dad paid money to have her watched, to have her spied on, to have her mom spied on. This guy seems like a real piece of shit, allegedly. And uh, I do feel bad because it just seems like that family, and this is what I was saying. All I say this all the time about celebrity be looking up, like looking up to celebrities and being aspirational. It's not aspirational. It seems like it can tear families apart too, you know. So always be thankful for what you have. Of course, we want to be able to live this like high jet jet. I don't know how to speak anymore. I jet set lifestyle. I'm like jet flying lifestyle. We all want to ride private jets. That's that's the the whole point. Is we want to we want to ride private jets. That's it. Okay, we're going to get to the recap in one second. I did want to just say that it, it, it was Che Day. To, it was Che Day today, man. We got Che Diaz on the new and just like that Sex in the City reboot, episode eight, I believe. And you guys, Che immediately starts the episode. By the end of this season, it's going to be all Che all the time. And I don't, Che is, is doing more of her, more of their stand up in front of a, a crowd of people like it's an equality parade. Like the thing is with Chase stand up, it's never funny. Chase stand up is, is like so not funny, but like Miranda's there and Miranda's Chase lover now. Uh, cause they like, they've been finger blasting to kingdom come and Miranda see and the spoiler alert, by the Miranda sees her son and the son's girlfriend at the equality rally. And she's scared for her son to see them. Cause she still hasn't told Steve 
about Che or the family about Che. And she's been hooking up with Che now for like a couple of weeks and loves Che. Because how do you not love Che Diaz, you guys? Uh, I feel like I'm losing my damn mind watching this show. But at the same time, I love the show so much. It's the weirdest thing. It is the weirdest thing. Hate watching is the new in love watching. Um, and so the whole, and then Che's like, then Miranda comes up to Che and is like, Che's getting into a limo and goes, I got a gig in Cleveland. I'll see you later. And Miranda's like, what's going on? No, like, I, Che, can I ask you something? Che's like, what? And Miranda's like, am I crazy? This is something, right? This is something, right? And Che's like, you're not crazy. It is something. But I can't do a normal nine to five relationship. I'm Che Diaz. And Miranda's like, I don't want a normal relationship. I want a wacky relationship. And Che's like, yeah, well, you can't even live your truth, Miranda. I can. I'm Che Diaz, and I live the truth. But you can't. Your husband, what are we, you're in an open marriage, supposedly, and now I find out you're not? (sighs) I spent my life all this time trying not to hide, and I'm never going to hide again. And then Miranda's like, I'm going to tell him. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. And then Che goes to Cleveland to, to rock that city of Cleveland with laughter. And then, um, then like the whole, I, I really only pay attention to the Che and Miranda scenes. Uh, I think some shit happens with Carrie. We see, oh my God, we see um, uh, Charlotte's husband's dong. And I think it's like a fake dong because it was very large and it kind of like flopped weird. And I, I don't think that was real. Like, it just seemed, I don't, I just don't, I don't think that actor was, is packing that, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him if, if he is, but I just don't see it. You, if you guys saw it, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, so, uh, that's it with this show. There's like so many shocking scenes that are neither sexy or city-like, <laughs> there's like that, but they do shock me, but shock me in a way like this is wrong, this isn't right, you know. Like it's like this is, and then at one point Carrie, I think, was dressed like a, like a maid or something. Like she had like scrubs on. I, I don't. I feel like every time I try to explain Sex in the City, it's like a fever dream. Um. So then, so Miranda tells Carrie that she's gonna break up with Steve. And I'm like, oh shit, here we go. And then so then at the, like Steve's watching a game and you know, he's like she's like, Hey, what's going on, Miranda? What's going on, Steve? And Miranda's like, Steve, do you have your hearing aids in? And I'm like, Oh my god, let the poor man have some fucking dignity. And he's like, I got one in. And she's like, You're gonna need to put both in. And he's like, eh, I got to fight. I think I, I don't know. I left it. I think they fell down on one of the couch cushions. I only got one ball, Miranda. And so he finds the hearing aids and then she fucking breaks up with him. And like, and he's like, oh man, I thought we were, I thought we were good. You know, all of this, you know, we would fight for each other. And then we, I, we, I we finally got to a place. We're happy. We're happy. And now you do, like, I felt so bad. 
Like, in fact, if I could have chosen, I would have gone over to the Steve show if they had it. Like, and just like, Miranda, enjoy, you know. So Miranda then at the end is going to go chase uh, Che Diaz in, in Cleveland. And I bet, I dude, I bet, I bet Miranda gets goes to Cleveland and finds a way into Che's room. And Che's banging like six other women all at once. It's like a big Greek orgy or something, you know. And all you hear is like, hey, I'm Che Diaz. Hey, I'm Che Diaz. <laughs> but I don't it just poor Steve, man. I, I, I just hope like it just, that's such not the way to go out. I felt so sad for him. I felt like they were just like, well, I'm going to go die now. I guess uh, there's no use for me anymore. Uh. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ah, it's my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our advertiser. This week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at Green Chef. Green Chef is new to us, and I am so excited they are a sponsor this week. Green Chef, what it is, it's a CCOF certified meal kit company. Now, Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, or just looking to eat good food, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. So it has fresh produce, premium proteins, organic ingredients that you can trust. Green Chef is now the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef offers 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week, featuring premium clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Green Chef's always changing variety of easy-to-follow recipes as well, and that means there is something new to discover each week so you never get bored. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. So avoid the long lines at the grocery store, 
because Green Chef is so convenient with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. Uh, and especially in this day and age, it's amazing that you can get food delivered right to your door. You literally do not have to go out or leave the comfort of your own home. And you may be asking, Ryan, what kind of uh, what kind of things does uh, Home Chef offer? And I will tell you what I got. Uh, I got the Skinny Taste Peruvian-inspired steak. Yes. The chicken breast and garlic demi-sauce. Uh, it has cheesy bacon, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Really good. And this, I love the ahi tuna with lemon garlic butter. And it came with green beans. And you had roasted uh, uh, rosemary red potatoes. And I loved it. And you guys know me. I'm kind of a doofus. This stuff is easy for me to do. Uh, so I want you guys to try it out for yourself. Go to greenchef.com slash sobad130. And use the code SOBAD130 to get $130 off, plus free shipping. Dang, that's that's pretty good. That's greenchef.com slash SOBAD130. And use code SOBAD130 to get $130 off, plus free shipping. Come on, let's get two, let's get two people to do this. That'll be amazing. Mom, if you're listening, let's do this. Dad would love this. Um... That's actually really cool. Also, remember, with anything I promote on the show, it'll also be in my show description where you can go uh, and, and check there as well. And you can always go back to uh, earlier episodes to see if, uh, you know, if you've forgotten a code or something. That's it, you guys. And now back to the show. I, oh, I'm Steve. If anybody sees Steve or the actor that plays Steve, you give that man a hug and you say thank you for your service. Okay. You guys are, are you guys ready? My voice is literally teetering on the verge of not <clears throat> being here. So let's do Real Housewives of Orange County, season 16, episode 7. It's called Wild Cards. And this isn't a great title, you guys. Like, Wild Cards, you know, if we were to go by Bravo titles, I would go, I bet there's a card game involved. Oh, oh my God, there is a card game. And never mind, it's a great title. Okay, okay, I'll tell you why. Okay, it does fit. It just didn't hit me over the head. Like, I was picturing, like, there should have been a blackjack game with everybody playing, but now I understand why it's called Wild Cards. It's because Noella gave Max, Heather Dubrow's daughter, a game of dirty cards. Like, dirty cards. Like, sucking the D and all that kind of card. You know, like, dirty cards. You know, like, sexy cards. Playing cards. <laughs> um, okay, so... We get that normal, like, previously on Real Housewives of Orange County. And we get Heather going, like, I'm going to I'm going to buy a place in Cabo. And uh, we see Noella give Max a gift at her book party. Um, uh, Emily uh, finds out that Noella wasn't invited to Cabo. We see Dr. Jen and Ryan, R-Y-N-E, Ryan, Dr. Jen and Ryan. Um, so we know that something about their relationship will happen this episode. Um I also noticed in the the preview, Noella has serendipity tattooed on her wrist. Now, no offense to the uh, you know the movie Serendipity with John Cusack's great. The place in New York where you can get like the the hot chocolate and ice cream, great. But if you're if come on, it why not just write live laugh love as a tattoo? Serendipity, come on, babe, come on. 
Um, and then we have the scene of Heather going, I'm not sure I'm the right friend for you to Noella. Because Noella was acting like her shit didn't stink. Like, no- Noella's got to take it down seven notches. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love her on the show, but she's trying to do three different things at once. She's trying to be a badass. She's trying to be funny. And she's trying to get sympathy. You can't do all three things at once. And it's really annoying. But it's also fun to watch. So we get the opening credits and... Um, I still, I still can't get over Emily's tagline of, I raise the bar and I close it down too. And the only reason it gets funnier for me each week, because each week Emily is drinking heavier and heavier. Like she's been tequila Emily the last two episodes. And now I'm like, damn, is that why it was her tagline? Are they really commenting on like, does Emily have a drinking problem? Like, is it just going to get messier from here on out? I don't know. Who knows? Um, So we open up the show uh, with Emily walking into a store, a shopping shopping store, and she's going to shop for her girl's trip to Cabo. Uh, She's going to maybe get a bikini. Emily, maybe. And I got to tell you this. I said it last week. I'm going to double down on it. I think Emily's hot. There. I, I think she's got curves in all the right places. I think she's very attractive. Yeah, I do. And I think it's just, and the only thing weird, though, is I really I've seen Emily in person. I'll tell you guys that story sometime. But she, I believe I don't really recall her being a giant, but she looks like a giant compared to all these other ladies. Like sometimes she literally looks like a giant and she's not a giant. And I feel like she looks gorgeous. Like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But do you guys ever like I don't know. It's like. Images in the mirror appear closer than they are. Like, I can't tell if I'm just getting weird angles, but sometimes she just looks like she hovers over people, you know? Um, so Nicole and Dr. Jen, and by the way, I thought last week was the last scene with Nicole. Supposedly this right here is the last scene with Nicole and it's not anything big. So supposedly this is the last scene with Nicole for her entirety of the run. Emily, this is very me, but also... Very like Emily's really she's really carving out her name in the sense of like she'll bring a hoagie into a sauna. And in this, she brings a two liter bottle of ginger ale like this isn't an eight ounce of soda. You guys, she brought a two liter, two liter bottle of ginger ale in the store because she's hung over from last night at the book party. And I think I love her. I like I think I love like for somebody to bring in a two. That is so me. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I want my ginger ale. I want I want two liters of ginger ale. <laughs> Yo, eight ounces is gonna do. I need two li- I need a bathtub of ginger ale up in the smug. Um Dr. Jen says, um, yeah, Emily, you, you kept trying to get me to do shots last night, and there's a montage of Emily going, shots, give you a shot. Let's do a shot. Uh Nicole says, I can't look at you straight right now, Emily, with with your ginger ale. And Emily's like, eh, okay. She's like the carrot top of food props. Like she'll bring a hoagie into the sauna. Like I can't wait to see you. Like maybe she'll do like carrot fingers one episode or, you know, like I just, I hope she does fun things with food every episode from here on out. Uh, Emily says uh, she's in the dressing room and she keeps, she's like so sweaty. That's me too. I'm always saying I'm sweaty. Emily is me because by the way, she goes to Cabo and it's 96 there later in the episode. And she keeps commenting how sweaty she is. This is so me, you guys. Um, And she just keeps saying, she's like, it's hot in here. It's hot. Um, 
Okay, then I wrote Emily is giant sized. Nicole says it's so awkward right now with Noella. Uh, and we flash back to that FaceTime call that they had last week where Nicole goes, yo, clearly I cannot be the friend you want me to be, so I'm going to end the call. When Noelle was like, why didn't you ask me or take me out to dinner? <sighs> it's always like overly breathy. It's so weird. She does. There's like a, it's like American horror story. It scares me a little bit. Like it's like, it's so put on. It's like a weird mix of like a, a Paris Hilton baby voice. Uh, it's it's like use use your voice find your voice you know um and nicole is like but that's two people heather and nicole that's saying yo i I might not be the friend that you're looking for but at the same time i think noella is pushing this because i think noella has studied how to be a housewife and she's really trying to make an impact as quickly and strongly as she can remember she comes from the bronwyn camp she comes from the bronwyn camp and i know somebody that works with them and helps them with housewife stuff and it's a sim it's the same person and i always wonder if he if this person is advising them in certain ways because i don't think it's working in some ways but in some ways you want to be loved you don't want to you don't want infamy you know you don't and i feel like noelle is going too strong too fast and we'll see if she burns out or not but i just there's not a lot of there there for me to respect enough to take her bullshit seriously. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, it's just I don't think she's earned. Like, uh, what's that line from Top Gun? Top Gun? Like, Noelle is right and checks her body can't cash. That line doesn't even make sense in retrospect, but I was a kid, so I just believed it. Um, so uh, Nicole says, uh, uh, you know, I just feel... You know, I feel like it's a, an attack after an attack with Noella, and I'm over it. And Emily in a talking head says, it's clear to me that Nicole wants me to think badly about Noella, and I'm not down with that. So, yeah, Emily's still not the smartest bulb in the batch. You know, we had that conversation with Emily and Noella where Emily was like, yep, I believe Noella now. Totally. Okay. Um, in a talking head, um, she says uh, she can't think of the word and says, oh, yeah, Emily is struggling in her talking head. She's like, well, you know, what's that word? And then she's like, ah, fuck, I, I drank too much. Like she's obviously hung over in her talking heads. Um, Nicole says um, if she was going, we shouldn't sh- we wouldn't share a room together. Um like about Noella and Nicole going to Cabo, but Nicole's not going to Cabo. So uh, I don't even know why she said that. So new scene, we have Archie, Shannon's dog, just looking dead on the bed. And Shannon's like, you, you get so sad, Archie. You get so sad when Shannon, the mother of door leaves. You, Archie, can I make you some cream cheese salmon from my, my diet food line? And Archie's just, oh, Archie just looks... I mean, Archie really, I can't tell, but like sometimes I'll see Archie blinking and I wonder if it's Morse code of like, save me, say S-A-V-E me. (laughs) And Shannon's always like, Archie, are you sad? Like that, that poor dog must be more depressed than all of us together. Cause imagine having like, cause you know, Shannon talks out loud to herself and she'll be like, fuck that person. Fuck him. Fuck him, and she'll drink by herself and like just probably say really sad things. That dog is probably super sad. Remember that one time this past Halloween where Shannon like was like bawling on Instagram 
and saying, I, we came back and I lost our dogs out here. Somebody stole our dog. And she just fucking forgot to close the door and a neighbor had him. And she was like hammered like that. I'm like, imagine or Archie's just like, fuck, you're going to lose me one day. Like you're literally going to lose me. Um, John, Shannon's boyfriend, hops on FaceTime and he's like, you look pretty. And she's like, wow, oh, thank you. John looks like he's just, John looks like he's sitting somewhere enjoying a drink. Like I've always said, these guys are professional drinkers, man. I'm almost positive. Um, and she says, well, it's just been so busy. You know, we had Nashville and then I was sick. So supposedly Shannon was sick. She couldn't come to Max's uh, book party last week. I think it was COVID, but the, they don't want to say. Um, and uh, Shannon's like, I am worried about Cabo. I have not talked to these ladies we still haven't discussed the ambush with Emily and G, uh, with Emily and Gina at uh, Emily at Shane's law party. We still haven't talked to that, and I don't know if me and the girls are okay. Um, but she does say to John that I'm glad Heather. I'm glad Heather and I are finally at a decent place. Uh, and then we get a flashback to once again Heather threatening Shannon's life of like, if you come for my family, I will kill you she doesn't say kill but at the same time she doesn't not not say kill like she insinuates kill like she did like i feel like if shannon does come for her family in any way we'll never see shannon again like that's that's how much i believe heather dubro heather dubro and she'll do it in a classy way there will be no muss she'll be like dexter with a kill room she will get all she'll put all like there will not be a drop of blood left behind she will be uh, she'll be tip top. It'll be very clean, but she will be dead. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, she's like, I've been having a really good time reconnecting with her. I'm like, no, you haven't Shannon. You hate Heather. Stop saying that. Um, and John's like laughing and like, like John's laughing, talking to Shannon and Shannon's laughing, talking to John. And I, I wrote this note that I was like, I like couples that find each other f- funny but like no one else finds them funny. Like I've never laughed at Shannon or like I've laughed at Shannon for other things. Like I've laughed at Shannon because of circumstances, not because of like her being actually funny. And John, I've never laughed at, but I like that they laugh at each other because it makes me think that there really is somebody for everybody, you know, like, well, I'm glad each they, what if they each think they're like, damn, we're kind of like the comedy couple. You're kind of like Dave Chappelle, Shannon. She's like, oh, stop. Anyways, let me tell you about when I was growing up. And then she lights up a cigarette and all of a sudden she paces the stage doing a one woman show. Um, we cut to Heather now. Cut to Heather Dubrow. Heather is sitting in her closet. It took me a second to realize it was a closet because it was bigger than any room in the place that I live at. But it's her closet and it has a sitting area in her closet. It's just massive. The doorbell rings and it's Gina. You hear a booming voice of like, there's somebody at the door, Heather. And Gina's like, it's me, Gina. Um, and you just, they do shots of all the empty rooms. The, the place is massive. Like every time they do a thing of the house, I always feel like they're going to be like all of a sudden of like, is that a gift shop? Like it always reminds me of like an airport hangar of like, oh my God, they got a Starbucks in there. Cool. Um, so... Gina comes in and also I, I hate that, but I got worried. Like 
I know they have a lot of money, but I get, I got worried that I was like, she's leaving lights on in all of these rooms that she's not in. Like we should conserve energy a little bit. Like, don't you, aren't you curious how much a month's energy bill would be at that place? Like, this is how much I've been watching these shows where I'm like, I wonder what their energy bill is. Like, I wonder what their water bill is. Like I started like wondering about things like that, but also let's turn off the lights. If we're not using, like I would be, if I was Terry, I'd be like, yo, uh, I'm watching on a cam from my office. What the fuck is the living room light doing on? Nobody the fuck is in there. Can you fucking turn it off? I would get like, I would get hardcore. I would be like, yo, we had to pay $80,000 in energy this past month. That's ridiculous. Um, also, I told Mary Payne this today, but I said, okay, and this is potentially bad. You know how I've said a lot of the times that on Beverly Hills, I always had this weird feeling when I would see Tom, um, Girardi and all like, you know, and Erica and spend as much as they do, because I was like, I know lawyers are rich. Like I know it and I know Tom's done really well, but I was also like, it can't like, I, I remember always in the back of my head going like, how, how much money does he really make? Like he really makes this much money for this kind of extravagant lifestyle. And there's no, like, there's never a, uh, never a time in the show where Erica was like, no, nah, I don't want to spend that. It would always be like, yeah, let's do it. And so I always got that weird feeling and I never really kind of thought more about it. Just like, oh, well, they must be. But it was always weird. I'm starting to get that same feeling with the DeBros. Like they're going to build a place in Cabo. They say in the episode that they go to Cabo 10 to 12 times a year, which is like, what? And I know Cabo is not the most expensive place everywhere, anywhere, but they're going to make it expensive just being the DeBros. Like they're going to build like an all-star mansion on Cabo and they have a all like I know Terry does like botched and he has a successful business and he's upcharging for COVID masks online. You guys saw that, right? Oh, so, so horrible. Um, but like, are they really that wealthy? Like Heather did a $30,000 sushi party and threw most of the sushi out. I mean, are, are we that wealthy? Like we got sushi the other night and I was still eating it today, three days later, and it's not even good anymore, but I'm not going to waste that sushi. You know what I'm saying? I would have killed to dug through Heather's trash that night. Um, so Gina gets in there. Gina's always stunned to be in any like, you know, like when Gina walks in the hallway, like that's Gina's place that she lives in now. Um, Gina and a talking head goes, I may have had one or two dreams about the closet. You know, those are my sex dreams, being in being in Heather DeBro's closet. And they're fully sitting in chairs in the closet, and it just is is bizarre. It's like I <laughs> like just because you have chairs in a closet doesn't mean you should have a full conversation. In there, we get shots of the clothes, and there's tags on the clothes that says Heather's Closet. So does she buy new clothes and put her own tags on the clothes? I It's so bizarre. Can, guys, you guys probably know the answer. Tell me why there's Heather's Closet's tags on her clothes. Like, it's not like her closet is a factory. But I do, wait, I do want to tell you guys a rumor. I haven't sent this into to moi yet, but there is... Heather and Terry have a it's not even small it's a, it's a big sweatshop under their house and they have a lot of like kids under there making a lot of Heather's closet clothes yeah yeah uh-huh and they make those masks the COVID masks that Terry sells on TV there's a full I'm t- 
by the way, what if this is the great conspiracy theory? It's like QAnon. No, I swear to God, yo, have you ever seen the underground lair of Heather and Terry DeBro's house? Of course you haven't. It's like they've got it padlocked. But I'm telling you, there's 800 kids working underneath that house. I shit you not, bro. Go check it out. I wouldn't lie to you. Um, Gina goes, Heather, I want to ask you a favor. I know you and Noella are not, you know, thick as thieves. I'm excited to go, but I feel guilty. I feel bad for her. You know, we were texting and she goes, I'm going to be lonely the next couple of days since I'm not going to Cabo. And by the way, this is where it's like bullshit. Noella's like, mm, feel bad for me. The world's smallest violin is playing. But it's also like Noella, we know, has friends on the outside. You ain't going to be lonely. Shut up. You want to be filming. That's it. And you were going to be filming, and then Heather act, caught you acting like an asshole to her, and you were no longer invited. So now, like, oh, I'm going to be so sad. Oh, you're so sad here. Oh, Gina, I'm going to be so sad. She's worse than Brock, you guys. Um, Heather says, uh, Gina, I don't dislike Noella. We've only met four times. I invited her to Max's party, but... We came home, and Max opened the presents. Noella gave her a questionable gift. And Gina goes, what did, he, what did she give her? A pride. You know, pride, of course, the, 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 the coming out gay festival party. A, a, a pride-themed card game. Very nice. She's bisexual, so very nice. And it, But it says things like, licking that pussy getting on your ass and having your beep, beep, beep. And they start like beeping out things. And Gina's like, no, my God. She's like, it's so awkward. Oh my God. It's like watching a movie while your parents are having sex. It's, no, no, it's like watching a movie with your parents that have sex. And then Heather's like, it's basically pornography. So give me the reason why this is a great idea, Gina. Uh, I also want to say those, I think we all have those things of watching something with your parents and some form of nudity or stuff walks up like, well, like, like comes on and those are like, you just, it's just like you turn beet red and you're like, oh my God, we're all uncomfortable. I remember you guys uh, with my ex, we went to New York for Christmas and her family, like old Italian family. And we were going Christmas day to see a movie and I remember it was like the Steven Spielberg horse film that was out. What was I forgot what it was called? Like a like some horse film, like about a horse, a war horse. That's it, war horse. And that was out. And then Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was out. Now Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I believe, is David Fincher, an amazing director. And I had read the book, and I'd read the book, and I guess the book was there was a lot of S and M and stuff. But for some reason, I was like, well, I mean, it's it's. It's like Daniel Craig, David Fincher. It can't be bad. It can't be that bad. And I literally go in there with her whole family. And I, like, picked the movie. Like, I, they, they actually listened to me. and pick, Like, I never I never pick things, you guys. If you know me, I'll, I never pick the restaurants. I never pick the... I, ne I just... I'm along for the ride a lot of the times. And this one I picked. And this is why I don't pick things. Literally, like, the first scene in the movie, somebody's getting, like, ass-whipped in an S&M thing. There's, like, full-on oral sex happening. And I remember, like, the dad's like, 
what the fuck is this? Like, literally says it out loud. Like, her brother looking at me like, what the fuck did you take us to? I remember I got so nervous during the movie that I went out and just, like, went into the bathroom. And I went, I was, like, washing my hands. And I remember going out and seeing families come out of the War Horse, the Spielberg movie. And they were just, like, crying and holding each other and hugging each other so happy as a family. And then I had to go back into the Purry movie I took this whole family to. Like, I should have gone to the War Horse. Like, that would have changed the entirety of our relationship if I had gone to the War Horse. Like, families were literally, like, just crying into each other's arms and celebrating, like, oh, what a good choice for a movie. And I literally had one where they were sticking some leather whip up a guy's ass. Like, it was too much. Anyways, Gina goes, um, well, I can't promise it'll be the best decision if you do let Noella come, but I'm asking you to do me do it for me as a solid. Do it for Gina. And Heather goes, okay, yes, you're so cute. I will extend the invitation, but you are on Noella duty. We cut to Heather with her driver, Pete. Uh, she's one of those people that talks to her driver. And she's like, Pete, we go to Cabo 10 times a year, maybe more sometimes. I'm like, what? How the fuck is anybody going, going anywhere 10 times a year? Like, you go on 10 vacations a year? I, like, what? 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 They're flying private, of course, over to Cabo. Um, and once again, I was like, follow the money, you guys. Follow the money. Um, they just have too much money. They, I don't know where they're getting it. So Gina um, Gina says, uh, you know, I have connected with Jen. I'm excited uh, to uh, – I'm excited that we're all going on this trip. Um, Noella, we find out, is coming late. Um, she is not there on the PJ. They're in the air. Um, and Heather goes, you know, I have not seen the place we're staying at, but I know it has a pool. Um, some people might look at Heather as controlling, Gina says. But I love people that do it all. Fuck yeah, Gina says. I'm with Gina, man. It is awesome. Like, there are those people that just, like, take control. And I love that. I admire those type of people. That's a great service. People look down on... Heather for that sometimes, but it's like, what are we looking down on exactly? Like that reeks of jealousy to me because think about the people that don't do anything. that don't plan anything. They kind of just sit there like a bump on a log. Like Heather has like that. I, to me, that is a great quality of somebody that actually wants to show you a good time that actually thinks that they can help make it a better time. Like, I just don't, I don't see the bad in that, you know? Um, so, uh, Gina's like, yeah, buddy, I'm along for the ride. So Heather loves to plan all the events. She says, she's like, I love it. I take out a yellow legal pad. It is important to have a framework or there's no plan. Um, Emily's already drinking tequila on the plane. She's like tequila, Emily, fun. Emily is already here. And Shannon goes fun. Shannon. <laughs> Fun Shannon's here too. Fun Emily. Fun Shannon. I'm Fun Shannon. Fun Shannon. So we get to Cabo. They all get in the van. Shots of beautiful Cabo. And Shannon says, uh, who's been drinking the champagne like water? And uh, Emily goes, fun Emily. <laughs> and Emily goes, Shannon, if you say fun Emily again, I'm going to smack the tequila out of your ass. <laughs> they pull up. Shannon, uh, Emily goes, Shannon, pull your pants up. I love that Emily kind of bullies Shannon when she's drunk. 
Like, hey, fart knocker, I can see your crack. Pull your pants up. Um, they get handed drinks immediately. We meet Giovanni, the house manager. It does look like a huge, amazing house. It really does. But it is funny. It looks like um, like the Jurassic Park. Uh, you know the Jurassic Park, um, like, desk. Like, the you know, the God, I'm, I really am having a stroke. The Jurassic Park uh, Welcome Center, it looks like that, if that makes sense to you. Like, I love that they even, like, M, like Heather's house looks like an airport, and this place looks like the Jurassic Park, um, you know, entrance. I could have done that description way better, you guys. I apologize. <laughs> the, the villa is amazing. It has a big main house. And then Heather lets us know it has a lot of little casitas. And we can all share a laugh because remember that season that Gina lived in the little casita? Uh, we hear mariachis. Fun Emily is uh, dancing. It's 95 degrees. Um Shannon tried to dance as well, and it looks like, oh, yeah, Shannon tries to dance, and I was like, it looks like she's broken. You know, she's like, ugh, ugh, and she's, like, moving at weird angles that the body shouldn't move in, you know? Uh, Heather is making them look at the house, and Dr. Jen says, uh, they're all, no, sorry, they're all looking at the house. Emily and I are vacation wives uh, because they like Gina and Emily stay in the same room. So they volunteer to stay together because they have a blast with each other. Um, and I love the ladies that don't need the full luxury. We've had so many iconic housewife scenes of fighting over the right bedroom. But I also appreciate the people that don't need the big bedroom. In fact, Andrea from Summer House was like, I don't care where you put me. I'm going to have fun wherever. I like, that's a great attitude. And Shannon says, can I come in here? If I Can I be invited to party with you guys? And Emily says, oh, it's so hot. And throws herself on the bed. Emily spoons Gina and passes out. Dr. Jen at her room calls Ryan on FaceTime and um, Ryan's like, we planted a pineapple in the backyard. We put it under the lemon tree. And she's like, we have a lemon tree. She's like, I feel like I'm not a part of this life with my family. If I'm taking any time away from my husband, I should be doing it with my kids and a husband. Um, and Ryan says some joke of like, I don't know if you're frozen right now, the phone's frozen, or if you have too much Botox in your face. It's always a bad sign when your significant other makes fun of you like brutally like that, you know, like about lines in your face. Never, never, never a good sign, you know? I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate this guy so much. I'm predicting Ryan's going to be out of the uh, out of commission by like four episodes from now. In fact, in the preview next week, it does say like Ryan packed his bags. Um, whatever, man. Je Dr. Jen, you're going to be fine. We'll take care of the kids, but you don't need that guy in your life, man. You do not need a guy that is in his 40s that changed his name to R-Y-N-E from R-Y-A-N. To me, that is that's a psycho. That is not right. Um, so, uh, Bing, we meet Bing, who's Heather's architect in Cabo, and he's showing her the new house and what could be possible. Uh, Gina and Emily sit down and she goes, hey, you ladies, come on, look at this house. Look at the design. Come here. Um, she said, you know, me and Terry have talked about vacation homes for the last two years. And we thought, wouldn't it be cool to give our kids a place that can be theirs forever? And she's getting emotional. She's like, I want them to have each other since 
we had them later in life. And I had a dream. Max and Nikki, they were at the place in Cabo and they said, mom would have loved this. I woke up and thought they always have to be together and they need a place to go. Man, I wish I was born into that family so bad. Like if my parents were like, Ryan, we built you a place in Cabo. We always want you to come there with your sister. And I'd initially be like, uh, do I have to invite her? And then I'd be like, LOL, maybe you just go on different days or weeks, you know? Um, Heather says, uh, so we're going to look at some places. Uh, we're going to, me and Bing are going to go look at some places. And here's the thing for the day. You can do nothing or you can do things. And Gina's like, oh, I'm going to try to ride horses. I once swam with a shark. And we do that flashback where she flipped out because she thought a shark was going to eat her in the ocean. Um, new scene. We cut to Noella packing. Rihanna, her dog, is in the luggage. And she's like, are you helping mama? I wish I could bring you, sweetheart, but you have not been vaccinated. I'm the last person invited. I see the sand from my feet in the sand. I, I need the sand. I need my feet in the sand and a skinny girl margarita. Ah. And it's like, shut up, Noella. You begged to get you begged to be here. We cut to the ladies riding horses. Alejandria is helping them with the horses. It's just Gina and Dr. Jen and Shannon. Uh, Shannon grew up with horses when she was 14. We see a pic of that. I didn't know that. Uh, sorry. No, it's just Shannon, Gina, and Emily, not Dr. Jen. So Shannon grew up with horses. Emily also, when she was 13, grew up with horses too, which I just didn't picture that at all. And Gina goes, I don't know how to ride a horse. They're headed towards the water, and Sh Shannon is on a horse named Zorro, and she's like, "It's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little feisty. It's a little and like Emily is full on cantering. She's like galloping in the waves. She looks amazing, great posture. She looks like one of those Wonder Woman ladies from the movies. And Gina's like, she's confident and sexy. And Gina says, "You're so beautiful. My vagina hurts." <laughs> New scene, Dr. Jen is sitting out by the beach and Heather comes and there's a, a shot of a man in the background with 30 hats on. I do not know what that was about. It was like a quick shot. Heather asks, um, she, she sees Dr. Jen eating like egg whites and Heather goes, are you super strict with your diet? And she's like, yeah, I'm on a narrow diet. And she's like, yeah, my nanny made chicken once and Ryan makes steamed vegetables for me sometimes. And Heather's like, oh, okay, well, what time do you get home from work? She's like, usually get home around 8 or 9 p.m. And and she's like, wow. Heather's like, at that point of Terry's career, he was also never around. And we get a flashback of Terry when he said a couple seasons ago when she's like, Max texts me photos of empty chairs, and that's supposed to be me. And then Heather goes, the light at the end of the tunnel is we needed to make changes. And we did. And maybe I was the one that said that, but we did. And Dr. Jen goes, Ryan doesn't recognize what I'm doing for the family or for him and vice versa. But I want to put in more of it as a family dynamic. And then she goes, I have to do a workout for my leg. I had a leg blown, a bone tumor in my femur that I've always uh, dealt with from my 20s. And then she goes, you guys, I did not see this coming. She goes, they replaced my marrow with cement. What? Are you telling me 
We have the first housewife with a cement leg? Are you? You lead with that. That's your fucking housewife's tagline. Huh. I may be tough because that's I'm made of because I may be tough, but that's because I'm made of cement. Like that would be amazing. But she says there's pain every day if I don't work out because it won't give blood to the cement. Like what? Like, is her leg weigh 50 pounds? Like, that is wild. I need to know more about cement leg, Dr. Jen. Like, that we need, like, I can't believe anybody, nobody's talking about that online today, and that's all I can think about is that Jen's walking, Dr. Jen's walking around with a cement leg. So we cut back to the horses. Gina's, um, Gina says, we won the lottery. Uh, Emily, they finally get off the uh, horses and Emily just pours water over her bosom and then they pop champagne. What is it when they pop champagne around girls? They always scream. They're like, they're always screaming like, oh, I didn't care. Oh, champagne. Oh, like we all know it's going to pop. Why? What? At this point, what are we surprised about? Um, Shannon says. You know, girls, I'm worried about Noella, you know, coming. I wonder, I worry about the reception she'll get. And Shannon, she goes, um, Shannon is surprised to hear that she had to ask her to come. So Shannon was surprised that Gina had to ask her to come. But there, if there is such feelings of animosity between Noella and Heather, I worry about that, Shannon says. And Gina goes, I thought if we just had them here, they could bond. And Emily goes, that's not going to happen. Gina says, well, I hope she would come in with an open mind. It's such a dumb move. Like that, like we all know that that's not the case, but production must have been like, yes, please, please ask to have her come along. Like they got to be loving this. And also, and this is the scene, it's like 96 degrees. They're all like pouring water over their bosoms, like on a towel, like in shade. And then we see their guy, Alejandro, with the horses. He's 40 feet away and he looks like he's about to die. It's like a quick shot. New scene. We see there's a huge sun face on the door of their their huge house and they can't open it because they're drunk. They're genuinely a mess. Emily just um, throws herself in the pool like she walks in and just throws herself in the pool in a weird way. And then Shannon jumps in with all her clothes in. Fun Shannon. Fun Shannon. Gina keeps saying it's so hot. Shannon lays down in a hammock and then Emily drunkenly lays in there with her. They're having fun. You they're they're having fun. You guys they are having Cabo fun. And then they're like flipping around where they fall into the grass and they all break out into laughter. It's hijinks. It's fun. Uh, vacation. Shannon is the Shannon. I like Emily says no manipulative behavior. Just her hanging out, having a good time. Who would have thought we cut to Emily and Gina are getting ready. Um, for the night. And they're like, you know, you're a true woman when you can ride a horse and then put on a pretty dress. All the girls are meeting in the living room to go to dinner. I gotta say, Dr. Jen looks smoking. Um, Dr. Jen, I want to be the only Ryan in your life. Terry, uh, we find out that Terry is having dinner with Travis and Emily's husband, uh, tonight, which is very interesting. Like, I love Terry's like, let me be the king of the guys. I want to, I want to pal around with these guys. Come on guys. And you know, Shane's just like, I just don't want to go to bed. You know, I want a camera on that, by the way. Don't you want to see a camera on Terry hanging out with Travis and Shane? Come on. So we find out that Noella is late because they wouldn't take her passport card 
card. And Heather Dubrow is like, she forgot. She forgot. And we find out Noelle is like, I had to get my driver to run and get my passbook. Heather says, I'm smarter to realize it's a shit show at the airport every time she shows up. Um, Noella says in a talking head that, you know, I was nervous that, that I would be put in a bad hotel, but everything is lovely. I'm not trying to be shady. And then she has a fan, like she has a prop fan that like she like puts down in the talking head and it says shady. It's so dumb. She's working so hard. Noella, you don't have to work this hard. So, Noella walks into the house. All the ladies have left for dinner, and the the guy's like, "Would you like a margarita?" And she's like, "Very, very necessary." Cheers, my dears. Like, cheers. What the fuck, dude? There's only one person there. Very, very. Ne- I am a poet, and I didn't know it. She says, "Very, very necessary." Cheers, my dears. <laughs> and Noella goes in a talking head. I'm a guest. I should be grateful, but I would have made an effort. To show up for my guests when they got here. No, fuck not. You were late because of your passport. Nobody needs to wait for you. No. You weren't even supposed to be here. Like, stop. This is what I'm saying. To me, this is when ungratefulness really, really, truly sets in. Because who says that? If you were invited, you better be a spectacular guest because you're on thin ice. And if you want to show up and be an asshole, you shouldn't have shown up. Period. I don't know why there's any sort of argument or debate on this. It's just, it's bad behavior. And me and Heather are not going to stand for it. Um, So she gets handed the margarita and she's like, oh yeah, this was needed. Been a long day. A very, very long day. And we cut to dinner. All the ladies are being seated. Noella, like I said, is still out there drinking her margarita at home. Uh, the ladies order a ginger mescalita, which I don't even know what that is, but it sounds good. Shannon goes, Noella's on her way. And Gina says, it, it's a really big responsibility to handle Noella because she's a wild card. Which that, by the way, name of the sh- name of the episode, Wild Cards. I don't know if she can tame this wild. I don't know if I can tame this wild child. She's like, now I'm feeling her presence will light this night on fire. So Noella shows up and she's like, look at the Chiquitas. And she's standing there like all equine. And it's, it's too much already. Like all, every, everything Noella is doing too much. So um, everybody's like, hey, she's like, thank you, loves. This is so gorgeous. Everything's in a sing-songy voice with Noella. And Heather says, um. I'm go- going to order a bunch of starters. Is every everybody cool with that? And then Noella in a talking head says, poor little rich girl problems. I brought my passport card and I guess you need the passport book, but I always flew private. I didn't know how commoners flew, which is hysterical. Uh, she's like, I'm used to a certain way of travel. I know I shouldn't. I know I sound spoiled AF, you know, but this is my first trip since losing my private plane. I'm so sorry for you, Noella. You're a poor person like me. You'll go to Trader Joe's, maybe splurge on a bagged salad or three. You want the brie, but you can't afford the brie, so you think maybe I can eat American cheese. I want the fancy crackers, but no, 
I gotta save up for who knows. I'm not rich like I used to be. I used to go to fancy stores like Gelson's. Now I have to go to Safeway. I went to LAX. I guess that's in airport where poor people fly out of it so sad I have an annoying baby voice I suck balls Heather's very kind to me but I wanna throw her against the wall cause I'm no weller I'm a fakester I'm a gangster liar. I'm gonna put you in a cement leg like Dr. Jen. <laughs> Guys, I don't think you're gonna believe that. Came up with that right now. <laughs> Sing it with your kids this weekend. Um, so, no, uh, so Heather's trying to get everybody to do these like tequila shots. And she's like, I read if you do a slice of orange and put cinnamon on it and then you shoot the tequila and take that afterwards. And Noella's like, uh, warm tequila. She's like, I need ice. So Noella's already being a handful. And so she's like, oh, yay, warm tequila. So fun. And Heather says in a talking head, I get it. I get being picky for like a vintage champagne or the color or clarity of a diamond, but it's tequila shot. Throw it back and shut up. And I got to say, like, I love those moments where Heather is very particular and very fancy, but she also knows that like, shut up sometimes. Emily tells Shannon that, um, she's got a grovelly, sexy voice right now. And then Emily's like, it's like one nine hundred Shannon, which is just like that's like my nightmare of like I'd be like beep boop pop boop 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 boop. You've reached one nine hundred Shannon. I'm gonna spread cream cheese all over your salmon. No, please let me. Hey, it's me, Shannon Bedore. I want to have fun with you. I'm fun, Shannon. Hey, my doctor put pins and needles all over my body. Can you take them out? Would that be fun? Ah, I love music like Guns N' Roses and Poison. They call me Fun Shannon. Do you want to see my tits? <laughs> one nine hundred Shannon. Oh my God! It should be called like nine one one Shannon. Um, and Noella like wants to chime in. She goes, "I love my Shannon phone calls. You're always calling at just the right time." You know, you're just good. You know, and I I got to say, you know, life is not bad. It's pretty flipping good, right? And Dr. Jen's in a talking to that says, damn, Noella cannot read the room. She's in the Noella show. And she truly is. She sucks up all the oxygen and makes it about her. I just genuinely don't like people like that in life. Nowhere. And I got to say this about Dr. Jen is that Dr. Jen is not really anybody's favorite. Because Dr. Jen is not good on TV yet. Like, Noella is already living in some sort of fantasy land where she's been the star of some TV in her TV show in her mind for the last 10 years. So she's like, she's used to like acting like a kooky person. But Dr. Jen is actually going through something probably very dark. And we're watching her not used to being on TV, not used to all of these things. So 
she's not coming off great, but I'm actually kind of more interested in some of Dr. Jen's storylines. Like, I want to see what happens with Ryan. With Noella, I feel like she's a dime a dozen on these shows because we see those kooky people. Like, I genuinely like it, and it will push story forward. So I definitely don't want her off, but I do think she needs to have several seats. Does that make sense? Okay. So Noella asks Emily, um, what did Nicole say to you, by the way? And she's like, Emily's like, about me. And Emily says, uh, well, she said that you said all I do is take my kids to frozen yogurt and Costco. <laughs> and Noella goes, my apologies. And um, Gina goes, and you said Travis was a loser and that Travis has no money. And she's like, I did not say something about Gina's husband. I would never do that. It was, I would never do that. You know, it was months before I had met her and, you know, that stuff I had said about any of these ladies was based on what Bronwyn told me. What a way to throw Bronwyn under the bus. I love it. Um, so Nicole and Noelle is under the impression that Nicole had marching orders to discredit her among the ladies. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. I think Nicole genuinely doesn't like you because you started acting kooky and thirsty. Um, and the producer goes, well, who do you think she talked to that made her do that? And Noella goes, Heather, duh. And I'm like, no, I just think Noella's a genuinely shitty person. And that's what we're seeing come out. And so I guess Noella didn't eat any of her dinner. And Emily goes, you didn't even eat your dinner and you're drinking. And Noella goes, stop food shaming me. I have a shit of a life right now. I've got a pile of... Um, I've got a pile of food. It looks amazing. I guess I'm going to freaking eat the potatoes. Watch me eat them if I can't get them in my mouth. And like, she's just being, oh, and Gina in a talking head says, God, if you're not going to eat, be low key about it. By the way, Gina is not good as being a Noella, uh, 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 like a Noella Wrangler. She's not good at that job at all. And Shannon goes, I feel weird about the things Nicole said. We cut to Emily, Noella and Gina. Uh, they went to the bathroom and Emily says, I think Heather was annoyed that you didn't eat your dinner. And Noella goes, what? Because I didn't eat the octopus. I offended Miss Heather. And she's like, these are not the girls I hung out with in Orange County. Something is going on. Is it OK, ladies, that I don't care? Is it OK if I say I don't care about Heather? And I just wrote, Jesus, she is so annoying. Get over yourself. And that was the end of that. And then we got the mid-season trailer, which I'm going to talk about on Monday's episode with Sophie. Uh, but that's it, you guys. My voice is thrashed. We had a good week. I hope you're having fun with me still. I hope you're hanging in with me there still. We are building something here, as I always say. We are a family. Thank you so much. I hope you go have a great time with your friends and family this weekend. Let's all try to um, be cool with each other and just have the best time ever. And I will meet you back here bright and early on Monday. If you need me, just reach out. I will try to uh, answer as many things as I can this weekend. And that's it, man. We're doing it. Okay. Have a great weekend, you guys. Bye. Batches.